0: All right, guys, welcome back to a new episode of the Resilient Responder Podcast. Today, we're going to have a pretty awesome episode. It's going to be a learning learning opportunity for a lot of people. Today with me, I have Don Pemberton, DJ Pemberton from FRC and Asi Oba. Did I say that right? I want to make sure I said that right. Uh, yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. So today, we're going to actually do something unique, something that we're going to try to do every once in a while here on the Resilient Responder Podcast. And we're going to actually do a coaching session which is going to be awesome, guys. You guys are going to really appreciate this, give you some insight into what coaching really can do uh, for the responder's life, uh, personally and professionally. And we're going to work on some stuff with that and hopefully answer some questions today. Uh, So with that, I'm going to introduce my colleague, DJ Pemberton. He's going to give a little background on himself and what he does, um, both in the fire service and here at FRC. And then we'll let Asi take the floor after that, and we'll get right into our coaching session. DJ. Awesome for you to be here today, bud.
1: Yes, good morning. Thank you so much for all you're doing for first responders in general, for all the work that you're, you know, spreading the good word about mental health, about, you know, the whole other side of this job, you know, what happens after the call. And so uh, my name's Don Pemberton, go by DJ for Don Jr. for most of my life. And uh, I am I am incredibly honored to be here. Uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I am married to my high school sweetheart, Leah. We've been together for 19 years, going to ha- celebrate our 20th wedding anniversary next year. And we've got three busy, almost teenage daughters. And uh, I am a fourth generation firefighter. I knew firefighting was in my blood. I knew that I was going to pursue emergency services uh, early in my career. And I started my career off as a volunteer. I got to work with my dad in the volunteer fire service, went off to community college, got my paramedic license, started working as a paramedic and uh, all my experience together. I've got about 23 years in emergency services. And uh, I've been a paramedic for quite a bit, uh, spent uh, most of my early career out in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, worked in uh, Santa Clara County with AMR as a paramedic out in the East Bay <laughs> with uh, Alameda City Fire. And uh, about 11 years ago, we made the shift out to the Southwest, out to the Vegas area. Hmm. And uh, I've been with the Henderson Fire Department now for 11 years. I'm currently the rank of a firefighter paramedic and currently assigned to the Hazardous Materials Specialty Station out with Henderson. And, uh, you know, as far as, as coaching is concerned, um, in the fire service, they tell you, don't walk past the problem. Mm. And unfortunately, in the fire service, we've been walking past the problem of mental health for a long time. And so uh, I got introduced to coaching by my wife. My wife was the client of a life coach. Uh, She wanted to be a better mom, wanted to be a better uh, wife, a better person. And I immediately saw the connection between what coaching has to offer and the uh, tie-in to emergency services. And so uh, after I became a coach or I went through a coach certification program, became a certified life coach and was uh, starting my own business, growing my own business. And I started uh, reaching out to first responders. And my first goal was to help uh, 10 first responders lose 10 pounds in four weeks. Hmm. And so I created a flyer. I was putting it on various uh, uh, Facebook groups out there and I got a, a, a bounce back message Saying we need to talk, I'm like, great. I've been doing this for six months now, and I'm already getting in trouble. But uh, it turns out it was uh, Jen Anderson from First Responder Coaching. She didn't want to sue me; she wanted to hire me, which was which was great. (laughs) What a relief! (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, so started uh, conversation with Jen. Started uh, I I came onto the First Responder Coaching team, and ever since then, I've, I've had an amazing experience with FRC. Uh, a little bit a while ago, uh, an opportunity came up to uh, take a greater role in, in the company, and uh, I've been—I uh, guess—promoted would be the best word—to the director of business development. And so, my role in the company has shifted from uh, doing uh, one-on-one coaching to more uh, connecting organizations and individuals with our coaches. And so, it's—it's uh, it's a new experience for me. It's—it's um, it's, uh, flexing a muscle. In me that I, I didn't have before, and so that's been an opportunity for growth and development for myself. And you know, in this uh, episode, I hope to demonstrate the power of coaching um, at FRC. We recognize that coaching partners are whole, they're healthy, and they're resourceful. And it's my job as a coach to help draw out that knowledge that is already within that individual and help them achieve their full potential across all their aspects of life. And so um, I appreciate this opportunity to chat with you, Keith and Aussie. And Aussie, uh, uh, why don't you take it from here, man? Why don't you tell us a, a little bit about yourself? Um, you know, a little bit about your background? How do you end up in Vegas? And love to learn some more about you.
0: How do you end up in Vegas? I want to know that too. How do you end up in Vegas? Go with it, man. I want to hear hey. this.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we can kind of, you know, go a little chronologically. Um, uh, uh, my name is Ossioma, currently a fire engineer, Clark County Fire Department. I've been on Clark County Fire for about six years, uh, close to seven now. Uh and the uh next testing process, which is uh 2024 for us, uh, I'll be testing to make happen. Um i nice. moved move through quickly, uh, simply because uh I don't necessarily have to time on experience, Clark County Fire. But, you know, as far as age goes, I'm kind of up there. And um, mm-hmm. I did time in the United States Air Force. It's kind of what led me here. Um, I met my wife, United States Air Force uh, in 2002 or 2003. Get um, it right, man.
0: You're being recorded. <laughs>
2: hey, you know what? It, it's kind of funny. You know, I, I we got married in 06. So it's all good. You know what I mean? But we've been married mm-hmm. for a little while now. We have a daughter. Uh, 18 years old. Uh we have a son that's 15 years old. My wife is actually uh wellness uh, responder wellness coordinator for the uh Clark County. So she works uh with all the agencies as well. She's met with uh DJ before. So um she's also involved with uh everything that goes on down here in the um in Clark County. Uh as I stated, spent time in the Air Force. I was a firefighter in the United States Air Force. I got out in 2005. Uh, Between time, uh, I actually worked for the armored trucks uh, out here in um, Las Mm. Vegas for about 10 years. Um, And I ended up finding my way back to the fire service. I don't feel like Mm. I chose it. I felt like as a whole, it chose me. I didn't grow up with aspirations of being a firefighter. But, um, you know, it's a a great career field. Um, I'm happy to be here and um
0: yeah that's just a little bit about myself awesome awesome i appreciate it this is uh this is a very unique opportunity that we're embarked on today and and it's great to have someone with not only fire service experience but uh us military experience a lot of times uh you know people just assume that there's a lot of correlation between those who served uh and then becoming either in fire EMS or police or even dispatch uh but they don't necessarily understand uh the why and a lot of that why is because of how similar the lifestyles are how in the military you're, you're trained to be on you're trained to be on all the time and ready to go at a moment's notice and and for us in the fire service specifically you know with today's episode um that is that couldn't be any any truer and um one of the things that we like to hit on and we're, we're, we'll probably end up hitting on this during the session is uh the the part in our lives where we figure out how to turn those dials down a little bit and try to get them back within normal limits. Um, and that is sort of part of what comes with resiliency. And this is part of what uh, you know coaching can help people achieve is that uh, living with resiliency, not even just living with really good coping skills. And that's sort of what we're, we're gonna kind of show today, I'm sure, uh, DJ is an amazing, amazing coach uh and just an amazing person. that uh, his voice is the reason why we use his voice with with our ads. Um he has much more of a uh artistic uh voice than mine. Uh I'm more for speaking. He's definitely one. He could probably sing a song if you wanted to. Yeah. Um <laughs> we want to keep an audience, not lose an
1: audience
0: <laughs> at this point. <laughs> but uh yeah so I, I mean I say uh we just break right into uh you know some talking with coaching here and uh I'm gonna let DJ sort of uh, i see you and dj just kind of take the floor uh and you know we'll go from there and, and see what we can work on and uh i i often don't get a chance to sit back uh with with my role at frc at first responder coach and i don't often get a chance to sit back and see an actual coaching session happen so i'm actually very excited about this i'm looking forward to this today so uh, you guys take it away and uh we'll go from there man Perfect.
1: Well, Aussie, I greatly appreciate your willingness to come and sit down with us. Uh, One of the things about the coaching relationship that immediately develops as soon as we sit down with individuals is that we create a connection. And one of those things that we really strive for at FRC is creating and fostering that connection. And so with that being said, this is obviously being recorded. This is kind of an atypical uh, setup. Uh, Under normal circumstances, we would absolutely uh, uh, be uh, respective of uh, confidentiality uh, within the rules of the law. There are certain things that I have to uh, advise local authorities if uh, if there were certain things that were shared as far as harming yourself, harming uh, others, that kind of stuff. But outside of that, we respect absolute confidentiality with uh, first responder coaching. And so coming into a more more public uh, forum in a podcast in this environment, if we do start touching on a topic that uh, you don't want to share with the entire first responder world, You know, you can just tell me and we can shift on to something else. I've got lots and lots of things that we can work on, but I just want to come out in front and acknowledge that this is kind of an atypical environment. And I really appreciate your willingness to participate. So with that being said, I think the, uh, the greatest opening line for a coach is Aussie. What can I coach you on today?
2: Uh, you know, I appreciate you, Don. And, um, thank you for, uh, for having me. Um, you know, one of the things that I've been dealing with recently, um, and I talked to some of the younger guys that come on the department. I just spoke with a rookie uh who I was on the rescue with yesterday, and we had a conversation. He has a um 11 month old uh new kid. Mm-hmm. And I was just telling him about the difference between where I am uh, you know, personally and where he is, and I just you know, I like to share kind of that thing. It's like changing dynamics is what kind of eats me up a little bit. And what's crazy is that I'm pretty much aware that you know things change, and you got to kind of speak on them and look at things. But where I am in my life is, I have a daughter, 18 years old. She's actually just came home a few days ago uh, from college. Um, she's doing awesome. She's an RLTc. She's uh. In Georgia Military College, she'll get commissioned next year. Um, she's kicking butt. So um, doing way better than I expected. You know, I thought she would call me saying, Dad, I need help. You know, we train for these things. And I try to make sure I gave her everything I could on the way, and now she's just flourishing. Um I have a son, 15 years old, taller than me, six five, plays basketball. He's uh plays for Liberty High School. He's a very, uh, you know, he's playing junior varsity, but he's also getting varsity minutes. Um, I don't really see my son. The last couple years, he was homeschooled due to COVID, so it's just a change with my daughter being here last year, my son being here all day. You know, they kind of need you, they talk to you, and this year is completely different. Um, My son, he leaves home at six a.m. He comes home eight thirty p.m. Uh, my daughter, she's not here at all. Uh, some weeks, I don't get a call from her. Uh, my wife, she's a general. You know, she can run the household when I'm not there. It's almost like things backfired to where uh, at the beginning of me working for Clark County Fire, I wanted to train them to be able to do things without me. Now, they can do everything without me. Uh, my feeling is, it's almost like sometimes I I could see my own death. It's like, I know that they can move on without me, in front of me. I come home and my wife could say, hey, can you grab that off the top shelf? She's not even talking to me. She's talking to my son because he's 6'5 now. And I'm like, holy crap. So I have a feeling of emptiness sometimes, feelings of inadequacy, just because. But I know that I've done everything I can. And I try to use it as, um, I don't know if you guys ever played the video game like Grand Theft Auto. You ever play that and you yeah. complete all the missions. Now you got all the money. Now you got everything that you wanted. But you really like playing a game, but now you have nothing to do. So you drive around and maybe do some destructive things. And pass <laughs> the time by. That, sometimes I feel like that. You know, I get home. Nobody's here. My wife's at work. My son's gone. What do I do with my time? I feel like I'm the busiest, not busy person ever. So, I mean, I know that's a lot. It's kind of broad, but that's kind of where I am, uh, DJ. Hey,
1: I I greatly appreciate your your candidness in sharing and just trying to help us understand kind of where you're at that stage in life. And, you know, one of the things that I want to ask you right up front is why, why is any of this a problem and and why has this backfired on you? You know, your, your son is kicking butt. He's playing basketball. Your daughter is doing an amazing job. She's going to be a commissioned officer at, at uh, you know, coming up to 18 years old and your wife, is doing a great job and her job she's she's touching and she's helping some amazing people throughout the community and you know you've got your job so so help me understand what what has gone wrong
2: nothing and that's the weird part about everything and you know I like to look at myself as a a, you know I'm a planner you know I'm a big thinker and we've talked about this we talked about these spaces and these pockets but it doesn't make it easier uh so Nothing's wrong, things change, and you have to find out what to do with yourself and I think I'm at a in a space to where you know i I remember you know we just had things happen recently in you know different departments um Henderson, you know, we just lost somebody um and sometimes I remember thinking to myself, Well, how could you think that way how could you feel that way and as sad as it sounds, like I can kind of understand it. It's just a combination of things. And for me, fortunately enough, things are going great. You know, I have great relationship with my wife, have great relationship with my kids, but there could be a shift in dynamics. I mean, my relationship with my mother isn't great. And that bugs me. And Mm -hmm. it's something that, you know, I seek uh, I speak to a Therapist, you know, on a regular basis. And um it's one of those things where of all the tragic things that I see, running calls and doing things that you know the average person wouldn't do. My biggest problem, the thing that weighs on me most is, you know, my relationship with my mother, or you know, not being there, or feeling like my children don't need me, or my wife is way too strong. And I'm mm-hmm. like, wow. And she works in this field so she can, you know, you feel sometimes like you're getting diagnosed and you're just like, Hey, I just had a long night. She's like, maybe it's the PTSD. I'm like, all right, here we go. So. Yeah. I don't know, it's, you know, so I'm sorry. I I know that it's, again, this could be broad, but these are the things that I'm pretty open about. And I'm open about it probably with a lot of people I meet because I would like for them to, you know, take it off their plate if they have it and, you know, be able to express it, you know, and, and bring that vulnerability to them. So I'm pretty open about it. So I don't mind anything that's being shared on here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I,
1: I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I, uh, uh, you know, you, you brought up something that's really important to me and, uh, you know, aside from our conversation, you know, suicide is something that's is unfortunately uh, very prevalent in emergency services, and when you look at the statistics between those that come from a military background that then become first responders, the numbers for those individuals that struggle with first that struggle with mental health is even bigger. And you know, one of the reasons that I became a life coach was because of the uh, the loss of a member from our department about three years ago. And the fact that we're going through, uh, you know, what we're going through with the loss of our beloved engineer, Cleet Dayan, is is even more of an importance when it comes to the work that we're doing and raising that awareness. And, And, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with you sharing your feelings with those people that are around you. And I think we are in a culture now where people are so deathly afraid of seeming weak. They're so afraid of uh, being vulnerable they're so afraid of sharing them and one of the one of the books that i'm reading right now it's called uh, breaking the habit of being yourself and they talk about the two hands and your upper hand is the one that everyone sees it's the one that we project it's the one that we want people to recognize us at and then you've got that lower hand and that's the person that you are inside and in this job we do an amazing job of keeping those hands as far away from each other as possible and we don't open up to those individuals we don't pull our captains aside our other engineers those other informal leaders that we have in our organization we don't pull them aside and say hey like there's something that's missing or there's something that that isn't quite you know firing for me right now and you know can I talk to you about it and i think that's what first responder coaching is trying to achieve is that we're trying to open up those lines of communication. We're trying to do those things to help individuals that are that are having those struggles and having those, those challenges in life to be able to address them as best as possible. And so one of the things that you brought up and specifically was your relationship with your mom. Now, would you be willing to share a little bit about why why is it that you, you mentioned the relationship with your mom right now? And what is it that you think that you could do moving forward
2: to improve on that relationship with your mom? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's a a, I feeling, you know, and to go back a little further, you know, my story, you know, I, I was brought up, you know, in a pretty rough situation. I was, uh, you know, I lived in the projects, you know, as a child you know, my mother had me at 17 years old. um, And I grew up, you know, when the crack epidemic hit, you know, and I had a chance to see, uh, uh, well, unfortunately, you know, how it affected the community. And luckily, my mother didn't partake. But I saw my friends lose parents in a day. And I saw, you know, kids go to school just to eat. And I saw how, uh, you know, the community changed and Um, so me and my mother grew up really, really close, you know, and she taught me everything she could, you know, whether it was good or bad, you know, we learned together, we grew up together. And, you know, I, as I stated, you know, I got married, you know, and had kids and I did what, you know, one day my, my mother was married and she had a, um, husband whose mom was always in their relationship. And one thing she told me was, son, never let your mother get, you know, too involved in your marriage. Mm -hmm. In the back of my mind, I always took that. And I took that advice. And as I got older, you know, I was a crappy husband to start. You know, I really didn't know how to be a husband because I didn't watch like real, you know, good interactions. So one day I had an epiphany when I was uh, young into my marriage and I was like, I gotta stop certain things and I had to, I can't let these things if I want the marriage to work, I had to make a choice. And my choice was to put my wife first, prioritize, put my kids. And my mother ended up kind of on the list as like fourth, which I don't think it, you know, she liked that. And throughout the years, it's just been a little friction, a little bit of resentment, a little bit of, you know, and ultimately I do everything and anything I can for my mother. But It always came at, okay, I got to take care of my household first, then I got you. But I don't think it was good enough for her. And in a way, you know, I tried to go above and beyond for her. But at the same time, I had to protect my peace too. So it's been like a year and a half since we really spoke. So that's one of the things that just weighs on me because it's unfortunate, you know. And, you know, so there... Hopefully, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think one of the things
1: that we do as as men, as people with a uh, as a you know background in emergency services, in the military and everything else, we have this thinking that it's either I'm a good dad or I'm a good husband or I'm a good son or or I'm a good firefighter. And I think one of the things that we love to help people realize is that you can be a good man and be a good husband, and be a good father, and be a good son, all at the same time, and I think that those limiting beliefs that we put upon ourselves, they, they're they hard to get over, because we believe them, and, and sometimes just having that option of saying, hey, let me do everything I can in my household, and be a good son at the same time, and be an amazing engineer, and be a, you know, a future leader of this organization that can just, that, that shift of that one word can make all the difference in the world. And, and when we get to the point where we believe that with everything in our soul, that that becomes your new, the person that you are is that I am a good person and I do all of these amazing things.
2: Yeah. No, I, I, Understand that, and and that's kind of where we've been. Like you know, and it just feels like you know, like it's good enough. You know, I can live with that. But can other people live with that when they know that? Hey, this is just the way it's structured. But yet, hey, we got to cover a lot of bases. When I came to Las Vegas, you know, my mother came down, my uncle came down. I pretty much had a a good amount of people come from my hometown and kind of. You know, come in and I don't I can't make a decision based on just me or my family. Right. When other things, this this is the big ship. And mm-hmm. I have to stay afloat. And it's not just for me, it's for everybody. And people don't normally they they don't always get things exactly the way they want them or the way they think they should. It doesn't mean they don't get it. It just means that it's like saying, you know, you get a pay raise am I supposed to directly pay you the pay raise that I get? Like, do I say, okay, the money they put me, uh, gave me uh, on top of that, you just, you get that 4% and there you go. Or, you know, do you make sure you take care of all your bills a certain way? Say, hey, I got to go pay this off. And ultimately it's going to help everybody because I'm available in this way. So it's almost a thing of, you know, people don't understand what you're building until it's finished you know it's so many different ways but you have to be I feel like I have to be a strong enough person to understand yes I'm doing everything I can and sometimes it takes time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's what I'm working on internally just being strong enough to say hey hopefully it's just the time being and you know hopefully we can mend those fences you know accordingly but I have to give people the space If that's what
0: I, there's not
2: really much I could
0: do. This is a, this is a really, really great conversation, which is starting to get to um, I think a circle around a subject that is really near and dear to, to me, which we will get to in just a few after we finish this coaching session, but we're just going to take a real quick break folks uh, just for a word from our sponsor, first responder coaching.
1: Coaching is here now for all first responders and their families. When it comes to the job and the stresses that come with it, we at First Responder Coaching know exactly how it can affect every aspect of your life and the lives of those around you. That's because we are first responders and their families. First responders are well-versed in reacting to a situation. It is literally what we do as firefighters, law enforcement, dispatch, and EMS personnel. When trauma enters our lives, we react to it by tucking it down away somewhere in our minds but we carry it with us and never really goes away. We need to stop carrying trauma into every aspect of our personal and professional lives. It's time to start having proactive, powerful conversations right now to gain a better balance in the responders whole life. This is true for their families, especially the spouses. Take that first step in making some of the most important improvements in your life. Visit www.1strespondercoaching.org now to make an appointment to chat with FRC. A coach will reach out, and before you know it, you'll be on your way to living a proactively fit lifestyle.
0: All right, folks, we're back. We're gonna rejoin this this very powerful conversation between Aussie and DJ um, about DJ's life and, and some stuff we're working on right here, guys. This is this is really really good um good stuff and like i said before the break this is i i can see it uh this is circling around a subject that i talk about a lot uh not only on the podcast and, and podcast interviews i do but uh i do a lot with it with social media and we're gonna we're gonna get to that when we wrap up in a little bit but i want you guys to kind of pick up where we were we we're talking about Asi's family life and uh and his struggle with it right now if we could keep going with that that's great
1: yes so, so thank you again so much for your willingness to share and, you know, being candid and everything else. And the, the first thing that I want to bring to your attention is that every relationship that we have starts and ends with thoughts. And so the thoughts that we have about your wife, about your kids, about your mom, and all of those things, all of those relationships that you have are, are based on thoughts, And then ultimately, the relationship that we have with ourselves is based on thoughts. But the amazing thing that nobody tells us about our thoughts is that thoughts are optional. And we get to choose the thoughts that we have. And there are a lot of times that we choose thoughts that don't serve us really well. And there's other times where in different situations, we or a, a very similar situation, we choose a different thought and it creates a completely different result. And so when you think about your relationship with your mom, what are some of the thoughts that you're thinking to yourself as it relates to your relationship and the current state of your relationship?
2: Um, Some of the thoughts that I have is, should I call? You know, Should I put a Band-Aid on it? I know that can happen. You know, every day I battle with that one because I just want to call her. I just want to talk to her and I want to say, hey, you know, are you good? You know, what was going on? And but I know. We'll jump right back into it like nothing ever happened, but it ultimately ends up more hurtful in the end. And I'm not willing to to just put a bandaid on a bullet hole. So, okay. you know, I think about that mostly. OK, so so if you were to
1: answer that question for yourself, Of should I call? What is what is your response to that question?
2: No. No. Mm. Okay. No. I always go back to it and I look at you know things. You know I try to look at the big picture on things. And again, I think granting her the space and the opportunity to, because I I feel like I presented every option that I could to to fix it, but I can't make somebody fix something if they don't want to see that if there is an issue, Mm -hmm. you know, and so
1: there's, and there's lots of um, abilities that we have to communicate and calling is just one of them. And so um, do you feel like you have something that you need to communicate to your mom to help you to move forward or to help you to not have that reoccurring thought of, should I call?
2: No, I think, That, I mean, I laid everything and it's been, you know, a progressive thing, progressive issue. And then that gets to the point where, you know, people do what they're going to do. And I just don't have the energy to, you know, do all the other stuff and worry about, you know, the stuff that I really, that I'm truly responsible for Mm -hmm. Plus, with the being overworked. this and that, it's its a lot. And I i don't have the energy for anything that's not positive. So it's kind of a thing that, you know, if I met you, DJ, and it was wasn't a positive interaction, I've learned to, it, it seems kind of cold, but I'm out. And it's nothing personal, mm-hmm. but with time and with, you know, age and just knowing that in my heart that I'm truly a positive person. I don't wish any ill will on anybody. And I really want to be a helpful, I want to be a resource to people. I want to, you know, promote only positivity. So if it's not like that, I in a to the point where if I could do that with my own mother, in a sense, it's almost very cold because I could do it to anybody. Right. So it's something that I deal with too. And it's, you know, interpersonal relationships in the fire house or wherever you know sometimes it takes some giving take (laughs) some push and pull but i'm at in a space to where if it's not good Mm -hmm. oh that's easy we could just work i'm out so so if i if i understand the the
1: answer to the question of should i call it sounds like the answer is no yeah
2: it's just a flat no it's just a flat
1: no So why is it that you think that every day you circle back to that question of should I call my mom when you have decided that the answer is no?
2: Because it's my mom and there's no easy way to, uh, you know, I love her, you know, and it doesn't mean that we have to, you know, there's no love loss. Mm -hmm. And I I laid it on the table when it kind of, when i let her know hey i'm not doing this anymore mm-hmm. here's the option you can call me if you ever need me just call me i'll be there but it'll just be for that mm-hmm. and it'll go back to mm-hmm.
1: where we. Are. so the the great thing about relationships is that we can have relationships that look differently and it sounds to me Like the relationship that you have with your wife and the relationship you have with your children and the relationship you have with your mom, each one of those look and feel differently. And so at this stage of your life, you know, your relationship with your mom is, is one where you think about her a lot, but you don't necessarily think it's necessary to reach out and call her, even though if she were to ever pick up the phone and need something from you. That you would be there 100 for her is that correct? That's yes. Uh, yes, sir. That's correct. Wonderful, wonderful. So it sounds to me like you have a, a relationship that you almost need to be okay with in your mind. And you know, it's one of those things where I like to think of it like as an internet, like bandwidth. Like I've only got so much bandwidth to manage the things in my life to the best of my ability. And if I have things that are occupying that bandwidth, or I like to think of it as my screen on my laptop, if my laptop screen is too overloaded with icons and with uh, clutter in there, it's hard for me to sometimes uh, process uh, the things that I need to process. So do you think that there is something moving forward that you could do to, uh, to manage or to set aside that reoccurring thought that you're having of should I call my mom and just kind of set that aside in a in a meaningful way to free up that bandwidth in your mind so that you can process all of those other challenges you know this new status with your uh, with your children and this this window in time that you have um, you know in your life and in your career to to free up that
2: ability. Um, that's an interesting question because I feel like, sure, but I'm not willing to give it up because I still want there to be hope, you know, and mm-hmm. I I think the scariest thing for a person like me, what I've become, and I think it's to a fault, you know, like we can go back to like my mom, my dad, I'm in a space to where I have characteristics of both my mom and my dad. And sometimes it's not necessarily a good thing. Like we can be pretty ruthless people. Like I have characteristics of, like I said, I can cut something off in a heartbeat, it's no problem. The scary thing for somebody like me is, if I'm out, I'm, I could just be out. There's nothing that can be done. Mm-hmm. And I've, with you know, all the things that's happened in life and the fire service, and I kinda could, You know, I'm confident in where I want to go with things. So, the scariest part for me with my mom, she holds a special place in my heart because if this is the average person, they're just out. So, even though she's kind of, you know, I still had this glimmer of maybe, maybe we could work it out and things go back. But if I, if in my mind, if I cut that part off, it's off. Mm -hmm. So, I'm just, uh, and I've come to terms with you know the type of person that I am and the things that you know, and that's what scares me the most is am I really out out <laughs> does that make sense? Yes, yes, so we're going to
1: wrap up our coaching session here and and again, I really, really appreciate what you've brought to us and the discussion that we've had like this is this is a real discussion mm-hmm. about something that a lot of people have. You know those relationships and different things, but um, you know, Ozzie, if you wouldn't mind sharing just one thing that you are taking away from our discussion today, or one action item, or one thought that is going to move you forward in a positive way as a result of our discussion, what do you think that would be?
2: Uh, I think you know the best thing that we could do is exactly what we just did. I mean, I, I feel like a weight is lifted because I feel like talking to, I'm talking to two people that understand the culture, understand what we go through. And it's not just like, I'm telling you something and you, you know, you can understand a part of it. I feel like everybody's going through something and you know, I just feel like, you, you know, you guys bridging that gap and, and, you know, bringing this type of resource out is, is amazing so as a whole I, I just think it's a great thing um what i shall do though is you know i have to sit back and and take in everything that we talked about you know i can't tell you anything in particular like right here because i'm still just like I'm a little <laughs> emotional actually but I, I do feel like uh you know i think maybe you know just thinking like you said different ways of you know different you get to choose your thoughts hearing that you know it 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 helps you know and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna probably look at that I'm gonna work on that uh also I'm gonna pick up this book uh that you um spoken about and you know maybe call you on some all-time and just you know see what's happening man but no as a whole man I appreciate you guys I, I really thank you Yes,
1: thank you, and I, I appreciate you. And there's a, uh, um, it's a, you know, the fact that we brought up that book, it also kind of ties into the fact that we're offering a free class for first responders coming up here next month. It's uh, the book is uh, Atomic Habits, and is an absolutely phenomenal book. And this is a, a resource that we have really um, wanted to reach out to individuals because, because we know as coaches that we don't have all the answers. And we know that if we can just improve ourselves 1% a little bit better each day, that that compounded improvement day after day after day, you look back over 12 months of improving just 1% a day, and you're a completely different person. And so, um, you know, in my journey in mental health, in life coaching and all of these things, you know, the two books that I've really, really drawn myself to are Breaking the Habits of Being Yourself and Those Atomic Habits. Those, Those two books by themselves is almost like a life coach program, you know. You know, ready to go. And so um, I want to, I'll be sure to uh, send you that link and we'll share that link with everybody out there. Um, The class that we're providing is going to be a top notch professional class that has the ability to make a meaningful and lasting change in your life. And we're offering it for free. And so we uh, you know, we really appreciate the work that first responders in out there are doing, appreciate the work that you're doing, appreciate your willingness to come on and chat with us and have this, this amazing um, you know, encounter, this amazing uh discussion with each other. And I appreciate Keith for you know setting this up and making this possible and and helping to bring the the gift and the value of coaching to a greater audience.
0: This is uh so this is one of the things I wanted to hit on is having a coaching session on this podcast I think is important for for several reasons one of the most important ones is a lot of the misnomers with it and uh one of the takeaways I had with my first experience with coaching was the conversation didn't start with where where it ended much like what just happened here and and that's that's one of the important parts because a lot of times anyone who's ever been through therapy or counseling knows that you, you go to it and this isn't to downplay any of that I use it still I use coaching to better my therapy but um, a lot of times with therapy, you go and you're depressed, so they work on your depression. You have anxiety, they work on your anxiety. You just had a death in the family, you work on that. And it's a, it's a path they go on, they guide you down, and it works. Um, a lot of times with our problems, especially as first responders, because especially as men, uh, we mask what the real problem is. We say what we think or feel or have experienced is socially acceptable to say is the problem or we cover up what may be the problem using other excuses or whatever it may be. And the real problem is really hidden under a few 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 layers, like an onion. And coaching uh, for me and what just happened here again, uh, was able to sort of take some of those layers off and get to when I would talk about some of the issues I wanted to work on, goals I wanted to set, we would actually find out what those really were. Because a lot of times, and especially like in peer support groups, uh, someone will say they're 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 struggling with this. Well, maybe they're not really struggling with that. Maybe they're just saying they're struggling with this because that's easier to say. And with coaching, when you have these, and Asi, you just experienced this, you know, when you have these deep conversations and you start building that relationship with, with your coaching partner, you're able to get these out because you're dealing with a like a real person. This is a real conversation, like DJ just said, and that's what really makes uh the coaching model work so well. Um and to to second what he just said about the atomic habits, uh, I can't stress that class enough. I've read the book twice now, uh, and James Clare is one of the most uh, phenomenal writers uh, when it comes to good habit forming that's out there. Honestly, it's uh, that, again, with what DJ said, when it comes to the coaching model and, and what it can do is just uh, the foundation of, of what people, especially those of us in the first responder, world, really need to to live a a more successful life outside of the job or even maybe inside the job um so like today today was a great a great glimpse and this was again like dj said in the beginning folks you know this is a very unusual setting because you know this is going to be broadcast this is going to be out there for people to see normally this is in the confines uh if you do a one-on-one it's in the confines just between the coach and the coaching partner uh so this is this is a very unique situation to get a glimpse inside a real coaching session, uh, to sort of give you an idea of, of how this may go. So, you know, I really want to thank both you, Assi and DJ, uh, for taking this opportunity today to to show our our viewers uh, how this goes and and why first responder coaching is really stressing um, doing this for the first responder families um, that are out there. It's
2: my pleasure. I appreciate it. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Keith. And thanks, DJ.
1: Yeah, you bet. I, I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. I hope we can do it again. And uh, Keith, you're doing an amazing job. Keep up the Thank good you. work. Good work, buddy.
0: Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. It's, a, it's honestly, it's a labor of love. I get to talk to some pretty awesome people uh, and we get that moments like this where, you know, I think we're we're all a little bit closer now. And all it took was just a conversation. It's literally just talking. And, um, you know, I, I, I think as we go further um, down the road, hopefully more and more uh, first responders and their families will see that this is just literally having conversations Uh, and what better place to have one of them than on a podcast, right? Exactly. So guys, thank you both again. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it has been a pleasure to have this opportunity brought to you on the Resilient Responder Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes as you go into the new year and be safe. Thank you.